When I attended my first yoga teacher training, five elements were emphasized in becoming a good yoga teacher. I always wondered where do these five elements come from in the ancient text and the teachings. Very familiar with the elements. They're throughout Chinese philosophy, Japan, all the Eastern world. We don't see quite as much of that in the Western world. But there is a thread that's very worldly, global, and inclusive of the five elements. Those five elements are earth, water, fire, air, and space. Over the years, I've learned more and more, and I have an appreciation for the history of yoga now and where this comes from. These five elements come from the Upanishads, particularly the Sattvastatata Upanishad. Let me spell that for you. My Sanskrit is not always the best. That's a whole nother skill to learn over the years. But it's S-V-E-T-A-S-V-A-T-A-R-A, Upanishad, U-P-A-N-I-S-A-D. Upanishad means to sit next to. This is why we see all the old seals of yogis sitting cross-legged in Sukhasana, or easy seated pose, hands on top of their thighs, and they're seated. Very interesting how the words developed around the postures and poses. So we see another congruency happening here. How do these five elements relate to our practice? Let's start with earth, the energy of earth. In Sanskrit is called Prithivi, P-R-T-H-I-V-I, which means the earth. And imagine the gravitational pull on the moon and the earth. We would wobble much more as the earth without the gravitational pull of the moon. Just as our bodies would wobble a lot more without the gravitational pull. So the earth element as it relates to our yoga practice, is for the body to be still and grounded upon earth, to feel your feet on the floor and the sand and the water and the river, to feel your feet on your yoga mat when you practice. And you'll hear yoga teachers use a lot of imagery and cues, anything to help, help us come out of our mind, living in our head all day, and becoming more rooted in our physical body. And the importance of the earth element to me is our ability to actually manifest, to have tangible things happen in life. Take a huge concept, like you want to build a new house. You have to hire an architect, a builder. You have to draw plans. You have to make decisions. Everything is very theoretical, but the architect and the builder help you by creating drawings and 3D images to start bringing it to life and bringing it to a very grounded, earthy place. So this element is very important when it comes to having our ideas come into fruition, to carry out and follow through. We need a very strong balance of the earth element in our practice. And one of the best ways I practice that is living in my legs and my feet. Poses like standing warriors, tadasanas, using extra emphasis on your feet, your toes, getting more acquainted 
with the bottom half of your body if you tend to live in the upper body and the head quite often. And all of us can cycle through any of these elements. It's just nice to know how the earth element affects you. Let's look at that on the opposite side. If you are too solid, too earthy, too heavy, too rooted, we lose the ability for expansion, for opening our mind, for seeing new ideas, birthing new ideas. They all work together. So there's not one element that is better or worse, inferior or superior. It's this beautiful dance, this beautiful dance. You know, the Upanishads would tell us practice where there's not too many pebbles, practice where the earth is stable. So they would practice where they felt connected to earth, maybe under a beautiful canopy tree in the shade or near a beautiful field of green flowers, somewhere earthy would help the ancient yogis connect with mother Gaia. And that's a thing I think we're really missing in the West these days. We're so disconnected from earth. We have forgotten that we are in partnership with her. It's a relationship as she dances and listens to our needs, where we need rain, where we need snow, where we need wind. This constant dance that I believe we're involved in, and the ancient shamans would agree with me, there is a level of partnership. And when we are so out of balance with earth and her energy, we have massive eruptions. We have natural changes in weather, earthquakes, water, fires, that are all purging what no longer serves us. However, I think the lesson for humanity is to connect more with Mother Earth, learn her cycles, be more in tune, take better care of the environment, the animals, the plants. I think there's a big wake-up call here as we study the Upanishads. The next element is water. I'm a water sign. I'm a Cancer. Love the water. Also Pitta and Ayurveda. So I have a little bit of water in there with my fire and pitta. I love the water element. It's fluid. Think of the water in your cells, in your body, the fluidity of movement you can have through a beautiful practice. When you're linking breath to movement, there's a harmony that is born within you. In the ancient scriptures, they would practice near water if that was possible to bring in the water element. That can be a little difficult in today's world. However, if you have a home practice, you could buy a small fountain to bring in the water element. A little bit tougher at the studio. I would say being really hydrated and bringing your water to class is very important. And then establishing fluidity to your movement so you are not so rigid. The earth element, like the rock, the plates of the earth, can, can be a little rigid, solid. The water softens this edge a little bit, so we're a little more forgiving. Think of it this way. If you're in a warrior one and your right foot is not in the exact alignment you want, or your right knee or your right arm, you would bring in the quality of fluidity and water to soften that area, that alignment, to what feels more natural and intuitive and flows with you instead of being so rigid and so stuck of having to do it perfect all the time. I think that's a really important skill to gain as you are a practitioner of yoga over the years. So remember the water. Fire, Agni, A-G-N-I, Agni, one of the old deities of 
the Vedic texts, we see Agni, the deity of fire and the power of fire. Fire is our starter to everything. Without the fire, we cannot carry out our dreams, our wishes, our actions. Just as our digestive system needs the fire, the heat to break down and digest and assimilate our food, we need the same kind of fire to assimilate lessons, spiritual lessons, teachings, lessons of life, our emotional lessons. All of this happens with the fire, the art of transformation. In the ancient days, they would practice, you know, the salute to the sun, bringing their eyes gaze to the sun um, as the worship of the sun, the, the fire energy they were so thankful for. Without fire, they could not have made food. They could have, you know, they would have had a really hard time surviving. And fire element is very deep in who we are. The location of the fire in the yoga teachings is at the navel center, around the solar plex, where the digestive juices are. We see the power of fire in our lives. I am a fire energy with my constitute being Pitta. And what I have noticed in my life, I work well with fire energy. Let's just look at my day-to-day -day life. I get up and I might go really hard at something for an hour or two, and then I have to switch gears. I have to break for a moment and shift to something else and then come back. And I work really well in these bursts of energy that really works for my constitute and how I move through life in the world and what feels right for me. And sometimes if you don't understand the fire energy and you meet someone with a lot of fire energy, it can kind of scare you off. Good thing I have a little bit of water to temper my fire. But I think looking at your natural constitute, sometimes in knowing how you function with these elements is, is very important. So you don't make it a bad thing. You just have a deeper understanding. So I've learned to really work with my fire and use the other elements to balance, but I'm okay with my fire energy. You know, it brings energizing, uplifting. I like to push the envelope a little bit, make people think, ruffle a few feathers. That is all very normal for my constitute. I just have to make sure to balance the other ones so I'm effective. Air is the fourth element. What do the scriptures say about air? Pranayama. The yogis would awaken in the morning first thing for pranayama and become attuned to the breath, the flow of air. You cannot see it, but you can feel it and establish a relationship with it, a rhythm with the breath. You know, it was often said in the old scriptures, if you did not have yoga training, your breath was more shallow, no control over it, kind of erratic. And those that adopt a consistent yogic lifestyle over many years, your breath will be smoother. Even through times of stress during the day, you just have a, a lower rate of rush in the body, a lower rate of speed in the body because you've harnessed your ability and control over the element of air and it's very smooth. You have a slower breath pattern related to most other people when you tackle this air quality. I think of the wind too. Wind, you can't see it, but you can see the path it leaves behind. Think of the beautiful leaves ruffling in the wind. I love that sound in the fall. Soft breeze, the leaves are changing, and you hear, hear the sound, the music that air can make. So the ancient yogis might also practice where there was sound and wind to bring in the air quality. 
I love that air teaches us about faith. You can't see it, but you know it's there. There's a lot to be said for supreme faith and harnessing the power of supreme faith in your spiritual journey of being a yogi. I've also heard some other teachings with air and wind. You know, where I live in West Texas, we have wind all the time. We have those really ugly things called a haboob that blows dark sand. I have lived here many, many years of my life, grew up in Lubbock, and I have seen it blow dirt, sunshine, rain, and snow all in the same day. We have seen a lot of extreme weather temperatures out here. So we're very familiar with the wind. But the wind, being in the air element, element, is very powerful for clearing the mental body. So if you've got a lot of built-up mental anxiety and just unprocessed thought and this heaviness around the head, the wind is very cleansing for just swooshing through and taking all of this out of your field. So there's a little bit on air. Space, the last quality. My mind and my teachers, I immediately go to the astrology sector, the Vedic teachings of astrology, and I think of space, just that, the stars in the sky, the expansion that space has to offer us, being able to feel space in the body. Think about your practice again. When we come into our first yoga practice, we're tight and tense, and we've built up three major categories of tension in the body, physical, mental, and emotional. And when you feel pressure in the body and you feel heavy and you're just like, oh, I want to feel better, and you go to yoga class and you feel better, we're removing layers of this built-up tension that's not only physically in you but also in the outside energetic realm of you. And it makes it very hard to see beyond your tension in small, confined-like space because you're covered in this tension the element of space, when we bring that in, we are able to expand our minds to limitless possibilities. We're less narrow-minded. We're more open. We have more space in the body that affects our physical pain in a positive way. And we move. We feel moksha, liberation or freedom. We feel a level of freedom. I love the space element. Just love it. And I always practice with that in mind. Like, don't get so rigid and so fiery, Haley, in your practice. You don't bring in the element of space. I also think space is allowing. It talks to allowing, allowing great things to come to you, receiving your actual practice on the map. A lot of times if I work with a client that's very much in their lower body, they live in their legs and their feet, they have a lot of earth energy in their constitute, I will have them spread the fingers in their hands when they reach up to the sky for Tadasana or Warrior One. I'll have them spread them like a web. Take their arms a little wider. Take their chest a little more open to feel space. Now I might do the opposite if I have someone that has a constitute that's very spacey never on the ground, always unrooted. I might tell that student to squeeze the fingers tightly together in Tadasana to bring a sense of grounding and pulling energy back into their pelvis and their legs to balance out their constitute. When I work with the elements, I think of this medicinally. You know, the cardinal rule of Ayurveda is we want what we want because we like what we like and like attracts like. Like attracts like. So what we are used to is what we're comfortable. That's what we want. It takes a different level of discernment to know what it is we need. 
So for me, we've been talking about me a little bit today. I have a lot of fire. So it's really important. I work with water. I need to work with water. I need to work with space. I need to work with some other elements. So my fire does not get out of balance. Earth is pretty strong for me. I have a good grasp on that. And that may pull a little bit in from my astrology charts as well. But space is a really good one for me to balance what it is that I need, not what I want, right? I want more fire. I'm used to that. I'm used to go, 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 go. I could easily overwork. That is not a problem for me. I have to allow the space to receive, to listen, allow, to see my next steps come to me instead of forcing and overworking. So I use that a lot on my Mac. I give myself space to take child's pose, to take a break, to take a rest, giving myself permission in space. Very beautiful part of the yoga journey. I encourage you to experience your yoga practice in this way. Take some thought. Listen to the teacher's cues a little more. Notice how you're moving throughout time and space. We can really pull from these ancient teachings and how they use the elements to create a powerful practice. In the end, when you commit to a daily yoga practice, you will come to understand the nature of the universe. And that's what the yogis were trying to create with this entire yoga practice, to understand the nature of the universe, to close the gap of disconnection. You know, even in the water and air elements in the old text, the yogis would say our odor will become sweeter. We will excrete less fluids through purifying our body in this gorgeous practice we call yoga. Enjoy practicing. Work with the five elements. They're powerful and so beautiful. Namaste, yogis.